So did you know that over 100,000 undocumented students that graduate high school do not qualify for DACA? When I was going through all of these experiences was, I hope somebody would save yeah. me. And that right? is honestly uh, the secret to get opportunities. For me, you know, I grew up in a low-income household, so for me, whatever is normal, the income of the low income is what is normal. Now I am more focused on how can I break that? How do you get to 10K a month, 100K a month, 200K a month, a million a month? Now in this video, I will be talking about the five things that I specifically did to not only graduate from the number one public university in the nation, but also how I went from a 0.8 GPA to a 3.5 GPA, and also how I was able to get opportunities even if I didn't have that. So first things first, the first thing that I did was that I stopped victimizing myself um, and honestly, this is extremely important. Look, I can give you all the, all the stuff that I went through. So at UCLA, I went through academic probation. I went through subject to dismissal. I was under the cheapest meal plan when I lived on there, 10 meals a week. So there was a few days where I didn't eat. I had issues with three of my roommates, okay? I, peeled, I pulled all-nighters. Uh, I used the Center for Accessible Education um, for extra time on my exams. So one of the things that I struggled with was when I was taking my exams, I would get distracted. So I asked for a separate room. Um, I was also diagnosed with clinical depression. And then I even took um, antidepressants at one point during my career there. I also took out the dream loan, which was $8,000 in total. And I also didn't have DACA for the first four years. So I genuinely had reasons to victimize myself. I genuinely had reasons to tell myself, why me? Why this? Can somebody come and save me? And one of the things that I always hoped for at UCLA when I was going through all of these experiences was I hope somebody would save me. But one professor actually changed my life. I remember that I was in my third year or my fourth year. I can't remember when, but I do remember that I was in this upper division mathematics course. And all I needed with that course was to get a D plus on the class and then I'll be able to move forward with the next class, right? It was an upper division math course. And I remember I begged my professor. I told my professor, professor, this is what I'm going through. I used the victim card. I said I had just gotten COVID at that time, etc. And the best thing that the professor could tell me was, I am not gonna pass you because you didn't earn it. And that's just how it is sometimes, right? You can't expect other people to save your life if you're not willing to save it yourself, right? It was that exact day where I realized that one, no one was gonna come and save me, and two, if I don't take responsibility of what's happening to me, who else is gonna do it, right? My parents ain't gonna help me out. I was living on my own at that time. The professors ain't gonna help. You already saw it. And yes, even though I could tell my friends, my family, whatever, they're not gonna be able to save me, right? So I stopped victimizing myself, I took responsibility, and I said, okay, you know what? If I am gonna graduate, it's gonna be up to me. So the first thing that I recommend is for you to take accountability and to stop victimizing yourself. The second thing that I did, the UCLA undergrad, um, was I set a goal uh, early on throughout my UCLA career, right? So my goal when I attended UCLA was one, figure out what I wanted to do, and two, uh, to graduate with a STEM degree, right? I've always been a creative person and actually when I went into UCLA, I got in as an undeclared physical science major because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Even though at that time I was doing YouTube because I, I, you know, that's what I did in, in high school. A lot of people thought that I was going to go into film school 
I realized that I was a creative person at heart, but one of the things that I also understood is that one, STEM careers get to pay more, but also I wanted to develop that uh, analytical mindset, problem-solving mindset, and I felt like if I can find a career where I can combine my creativity skills and my analytical skills, I'd be unstoppable, right? So that was my, that was my goal at UCLA, right? And, and I didn't specify when I was going to do it. All I knew, I didn't specify what type of degree it was, but all I knew that my goal was to get a STEM degree, right? And um, the importance of having a goal as an undergrad is that it's going to keep you motivated when you're going through these hard struggles, right? You know, when I was under academic probation, what kept me going was that goal. A subject to dismissal, what kept me going was that goal. My parents kept me going, right? What is that goal? I recommend you ask yourself, what is my goal throughout these next four years if you're in college? Is it to go to grad school? Because that has its own different map. Is it to start a business? That has its own different map. Is it to get a 4.0 GPA? That has its own map, right? So if you are able to set a goal for yourself in the next four to five years, that is going to keep you going, right? Because, I mean, I stuck with my goal. It didn't matter. For me, it didn't matter if it was going to take me three years, four years, five years. All I knew is that I was going to graduate with a STEM degree. So I recommend that if you're a student, set a goal for the next four or five years of your life and then stick through it. All right. The third thing that I did uh, to stay ahead of the curve was asking for help. Right. And I'm going to be honest here. You know, I can admit that I was honestly afraid of telling people about my status very early on. Right. I didn't want to tell anybody that I was undocumented because I didn't have DACA at that time. So I'm sure some of you can understand that part. But actually, my first year, I never told anybody about my status. I didn't feel like it mattered. And I also wasn't struggling academically. But in my second year, I fell under academic probation. And ultimately, this just means that you fall under a 2.0 GPA and you need to get your grades up or else you're going to fall under subject to dismissal, which is another beast. Um, but in my second year, my mental health was all over the place. I really wanted to get into it, the materials engineering major. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Juan Maya Hernandez, okay? A lot of my friends know me by Maya. Anyways, um, if y'all are finding value out of this episode, just a reminder, give it a rating, share it with an undocumented uh, founder or somebody trying to start a business within the space. It's going to help me a lot. My goal is to get to 100 by the end of the year. Again, hit that rating if you find it valuable. Thank you, and um, back to the but episode. But it was challenging for me. Mentally, it was challenging for me. Everything I would do, I put all my eggs in one basket. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped asking my friends to hang out with me because I wanted to really, really focus on this goal. But then I hit a plateau and my mental health started going down. I started downward spiraling. I started getting depressed um, and I had no other option than to ask for help. So because of that, I looked for a therapist on campus through CAPS at UCLA. And um, luckily, I was fortunate enough that at UCLA, there was actually a designated uh, therapist for undocumented students. I went in there and I remember that I got out of that meeting just crying because I had like all these past trauma, all the stuff that would make me sad. And I was so sad. I felt like I wasn't going to graduate. When I asked for help, that's also when I realized that I was clinically depressed so then one of my goals was then to continue going to see this therapist because she was going to be able to help me and shout out to elizabeth at ucla she changed my life she helped me a lot when i was dealing with everything mentally um but that's when it really shifted for me i realized that if you don't ask for help no one is going to know that you're struggling. And since then, I really, really became the most resourceful person at UCLA. You know, every question that I had, it didn't matter to who I was asking it, um, I was going to ask, right? Because there's a specific, there's a famous quote that says, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And the truth is that nobody's going to come and save you. No one's going to know 
that you are struggling if you don't tell anybody, right? So when I began to telling people like, hey, this is why I'm struggling. I'm undocumented. I'm already under this. I don't know how to make money. That's when everything just started to click, right? I I asked for help at the undocumented student program. I asked for help at the Center for Accessible Education to see if I could get extended um, time to take my exams. They gave me an application to record some of my um, some of my classes so I could retain information. So that helped me a lot. I went to the math center at UCLA, got a lot of free tutoring. Then I even hired my own tutor to have um, there. Then I went through every single uh, office hours for my professors. Um, I went through every single event to get free food. So I just became this person that was always seeking for help, seeking for answers. Um, and that's really uh, what ended up helping me in the long run because I ended up staying for five years at UCLA. And, um, you know, it took knowing certain people to petition to stay for a fifth year um, because in my fourth year I fell under subject to dismissal and now I had a I had under a 1.0 GPA so that meant that like if I didn't pick up my grades I was going to get kicked out of UCLA but because I had connections to the undocumented student program the center for accessible education AAP which is another resource on campus um, all of them were able to help me petition for my fifth year and then I got it right so more of the story there is just ask for help or else no one is going to know what you're going through and, and this goes whether you're undocumented whether you have DACA or honestly of any first generation student all right number four uh, focus on what you can offer the world okay so right now I'm reading this this great book is called uh, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. And in that book, the author talks about the craftsman mindset and the passion mindset when looking for a career. The craftsman mindset focuses on the value that you can produce in your work. And the passion mindset focuses on the value that your work can give to you, right? So ultimately, what I take away from this book, and, and this is honestly the secret to get opportunities if you're undocumented, right? So. I did not have DACA up until my uh, up until my uh, fifth year at UCLA. Now, in my second year, I'll give you a personal example. Um, I had the skill of photography and social media marketing. I had an account that had 7,000 followers, had great engagement, 500 likes per post. Um, and I remember I started talking to the undocumented student program director. And um, I was telling her like, oh, this is my photography account. This is what I do. And, sh and she acknowledged the work that I was doing. Um, and then I gave her some tips. I was like, oh, this is what I do before I post. This is how I get followers. Cause at that time she was also building her own organization. Um, and I was able to help her. And then that led to me getting a fellowship at the undocumented student program to be the first social media, uh, marketing intern or fellow in that specific time. Um, so again, like I never sought out that, you know, that opportunity, but it came from having that craftsman mindset of like, okay, this is what I know how to do. Now, let me see if I can help you. And then from that help, an opportunity open, right? So that's one example. Um, another example actually came um, in my fifth year. And this was when I had just recently gotten DACA. I mean, there's so many examples that I can show you, but there was a new commuter organization on campus, um, the Commuters Club, and they were looking for volunteers to help launch the commuter hubs at UCLA. This is when I was about to leave. Um, but I signed up to be a volunteer. I helped with the marketing strategy because I felt like that is something that I was just naturally good at. And then the director ended up, you know, we, we started developing a good relationship. I wasn't getting paid at all. I never asked for a payment. And then the following semester, she sends me an email. She's like, can you talk? 
um, over Zoom. We set up a Zoom, and then she tells me, like, would you like to work at the commuter center here on campus um, and that she was going to be able to pay me $16 an hour. And I was like, that's actually kind of interesting, you know? So that's the second example I can give you. Like, again, like it, it all came from a volunteer opportunity, showing my worth, showing what I can help with. And then opportunities came to me. That was the second one. This other example came in my last year at UCLA. I started working on this company, you know, the one that I'm working on. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Juan Maya Hernandez, okay? A lot of my friends know me by Maya. Anyways, um, if y'all are finding value out of this episode, just a reminder, give it a rating, share it with an undocumented uh, founder or somebody trying to start a business within the space. It's going to help me a lot. My goal is to get to 100 by the end of the year. Again, hit that rating if you find it valuable. Thank you, and back to the episode. On today, which was to help undocumented students get more jobs, I had been working on it for approximately three, four months um, up to this point, and I wanted feedback uh, from professors at UCLA, or actually from a specific professor that had done research in immigration that had written a book on day laboring. So I was like, maybe he can help me give me some feedback. So I send them an email, right? And then later, he's like, do you want to do this research under me? I'll pay you $25 an hour. And again, I had DACA at this time, um, but, it, uh, but I wasn't looking for an opportunity. Uh, and then that landed me a research opportunity. And the beauty thing about it is that he ended up hiring me as a research assistant, but actually ended up paying me to just work on my startup, right? He realized that every time we were meeting, I wasn't really a researcher. I was more of an entrepreneur. And he was like, you know what? I'll pay you. Just keep me updated every two weeks or every three weeks. Um, and let me know what you're working on. And actually, most recently, uh, now that I've been upping the quality on my TikTok account, entrepreneur that I actually look up to ended up DMing me and he's like, hey, I really like your videos. Um, you know, can I hire you to edit some of my videos? And he's an entrepreneur that I admire. He makes uh, six figures, which is, you know, where, where I want to be next. And um, yeah, I said yes. Uh, so again, like all these opportunities that I was able to get throughout time were not dependent on me applying, but rather being that craftsman. Now, how do you do this? Well, you know, one of the things that I always do whenever I connect with somebody um, through networking is I always ask them, is there anything I can do for you, right? And that opens the door for you to help other people. Um, and some, most of the time people tell me no, but then eventually there comes a time where, you know, they do need your help and, and, and whatnot, right? So um, focus on what you can offer the world. And I promise you, whether you have DACA or not, um, there's going to be more opportunities for you. Okay. Um, and then lastly, uh, one of the things that I recommend every undocumented student to do is think bigger. Now, you're probably wondering, like, what do I mean? When I was a student at UCLA, I was really accustomed to getting C's um, in my classes, right? So when I was, uh, when I was a freshman, I took a pre-calculus class, I got a C, and then that quarter I got like two C's, one A, and um, C's became the norm. So throughout my four years, I was always expecting to get a C, right? But the problem with a C, with normalizing a C, is that if I get a C, I'm not gonna get bothered, it's just gonna be normal. And, with our, and the only difference between my first four years and my last year when I went from a 0.8 GPA to a 3.5 GPA is I raised that bar of being normal, right? So instead of me aiming for a C, I said, let's just aim for an A. And even if we get it to a B, I'll be okay with it. And that's how I was able to change. So the only thing that changed was I already had the work ethic I just didn't have it in my mind to be like, hey, I can actually get an A. So that's one example on how I was able to bounce back, but it all came from my thinking. And then the, the other example that I can give you is in my second year, I was hired 
to actually take photos of a student entrepreneurship event on campus. And that was the first time somebody ever hired me um, you know, for my photography skills. And that event ultimately changed my life and it changed my life because I expected these students that didn't look like me to go up there and pitch the next coffee shop, a laundromat. Um, but they didn't think that way. You know, they wanted to build bigger companies. They wanted to build the next Facebook, the next Twitter. And that's when I realized that the only difference between me and those students at that time was our thinking, right? For them, normal was a coffee shop, whatever that was. But the next level was a Facebook type of business or a Twitter type of business. And that was the only difference that separated me and those students, right? I was getting paid uh, to photograph this event, but those students mentally were in a different place. And similarly, one thing that I want you all to realize um, is that there's different levels um, and you want to normalize certain things, right? I think for me, you know, I grew up in a low income household. So for me, whatever is normal, the income of the low income is what is normal. So now I am more focused on how can I break that? How do you get to 10K a month, 100K a month, 200K a month, a million a month? And honestly, I mean, I do think it's a privilege, but I think one of the things that allowed me to think this way was being able to pitch and get feedback from my own company at the investment firm that invested in Snapchat, that invested in Giphy, that invested in Grubhub early on. And those people had raised $7 billion. And here I am thinking of 200,000, right? So my challenge to you, if you are undocumented in college is to try to break that normalization and to think five, 10 X, 20 X, a hundred times bigger. And that is something that, you know, today, currently I am just thinking 10 times bigger, right? So last year I did low five figures for my business. When I quit my job this year, let's get to six figures. How, what do I have to do to get to six figures? And I think when you start shifting that, you know, your mind just it starts thinking of ways to figure things out, right? So um, those are the five things that I recommend you all to consider um, as undocumented students. So number one, stop victimizing yourself. Number two, set a goal. Number three, ask for help. Number four, focus on what you can offer the world. And number five, think bigger. Thinking and dreaming is free. So go ahead. You know, for me, I don't want to stay undocumented my whole life, right? One of my goals is to get that, to get the citizenship. I don't want to live my life like that. Now, there, why, why, why do we have to stay small, right? Why can't we, why can't we become the change of generational wealth within our family, right? Um, and that's the real, and and you know, and that's really what what I have a belief in, right? You know, the older generation of immigrants that I've realized is that they have the work ethic. They just don't have the English. They don't have the technology. They don't have the network. Y'all that are now in college have the network, have the English, have the education. Now, what would happen if you just pair all of that with the work ethic of your parents, with the work ethic of older immigrants? I think y'all can become the next millionaires. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you found if you found this helpful, make sure you give this video a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe and then comment down below what other things you would add so we can help the community stay ahead. And as always, be motivated and stay motivated, baby.